0: Play your cards right. Maybe I'll show you where we live.
1: Maybe I'll buy you
0: a sandwich.
1: Just tell me when.
0: You like watching Haircut?
1: Yes. I mean...
0: You mean to get the hell out of here. Now! Welcome home, haircut you hungry, I'll get you something. What do you want? What do I want? Yeah, to eat. What do you want? Anything? Sure, whatever.
1: Really, anything I want?
0: Dude, yes. You can have anything. What do you want? Stuff people grow, stuff people make, stuff, you know, people scavenge. Beer, bread, cut your head. Cut your what? Barber. Might be able to kill that thing in your head. You want something? You take a haircut. You'll find out.
1: No, no, please! Now you know I hate this shit.
0: Yes, yes, I did. Stop the car. I'm just want to take a closer look. D, stop the damn car! You're leading the trucks right into it. You're gonna get us killed.
1: That's
0: why you don't want to block the gate with the trucks! That's why you drove right up to this! It was you! All of it! Tell them to stop! That night in Alexandria, he turned on us. He killed our team. I ran, and I kept on running. I was hurt. But what kept me alive was the thought of getting back here and exposing you for the scum weasel you are. Don't shoot. Please. We're done. It's over. We don't want this. Hey, we just need to protect ourselves. No guns. Right, we are not doing this. Let it go. get help.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, from Walking Dead Now, and I want to welcome our very special guest, Lindsley Register, who we all know as Laura from The Walking Dead. Lindsley, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. No problem. The pleasure is all ours. So let's get started. We have a lot of questions. Uh, A lot of actors tell us that they auditioned for years to get on this show uh did the same thing happen to you or did you land a role after only one or a couple of auditions
0: you know i i've heard that as well that a lot of people you know have been auditioning for several seasons mm-hmm. i had the exact opposite experience where i got an audition for the walking dead i was like oh my gosh how exciting and um it was for some you know, vague role and vague scene, all fake and made up, obviously, and ended up booking it off of one self-tape. There was no callback. There was was no nothing. So I was definitely thrown into it quickly.
1: That is awesome. That is pretty quick. Now, you were on The Walking Dead between season seven and ten, which is quite a feat for The Walking Dead. When you first got the role, did you give, I mean, did they give you any kind of sense as to how long laura might last on the walking dead
0: yeah i was told to expect to be there for two episodes
1: wow (laughs) so what happened
0: yeah it ended up well gosh i mean i kept i showed up and i filmed my two episodes and it was like there was nothing spoken about it really i just kept getting called back and i was you know obviously we start progressing in the show and i'm like well as soon as negan's done you know that that'll probably be the end of laura as well and of course that didn't end up happening i kept going on the show so every time i was there it was just kind of like i i'm still kicking i'm still around i guess
1: and then four years (laughs) later there you are still there exactly Exactly. at what point did you kind of think maybe to yourself that this might be you know even longer than four seasons
0: you know, we start to have those talks later on of like, what are we, what are we gonna do with Lara, and like, what is, what does the end look like for her? Um, but it felt like so much of the show was just, as we went along. So, um, you know, of course, on a producer's uh, end, it's always more advantageous for them to leave things open ended for us, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So
0: I never got clear direction as to really what was going to become of her i know she made it to the end in the comic yes
1: she did but she did now at which point at which point did you find out that they were going to make uh laura uh one of those redeemable characters the ones that from a savior turn into a very well-respected alexandrian
0: you know, I was finding it all out as I'm getting the scripts for each episode. Okay. So it's all like so running gun and happening so fast. You know, I get a call saying, oh, you're going to be here in four days to shoot episode, whatever. And I'm getting the script and I'm reading like for the first time, you know, oh, wow. Like it's it, I was fascinated seeing Lara's arc happen, you know, and, and I was finding it out. Just as we went along, really.
1: So they really do play their cards very close to the vest. Oh, yeah. Very. (laughs) Well, Laura became a huge fan favorite. Now, your exchanges with uh, Josh McDermott, who of of course plays Eugene on The Walking Dead, are classic. Uh, Laura's nickname for Eugene is haircut. Uh, How did you... uh, I mean basically did you and josh become good friends because of all the scenes that you guys got to shoot together when the cameras weren't rolling did you become buddies how was your relationship with josh you know when the cameras were not rolling
0: josh is a sweetheart he i really appreciated him when i was there filming because he was always looking out for me and he was always like yeah he just he really had my back he's a good guy And, um, but it is funny, like Josh has, I mean, I, I, you probably interviewed him or seen him in cons or something, but he has that same dryness Uh that YouTube has. Uh So I, you never really know if he's like making fun of you or if he's like, you know, poking good fun at you, which is what I love about Josh. He's such a fun guy. Um, No, but he was he was a real pleasure to work with and 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 he sent me the sweetest email after i left i think he emailed me um a picture of uh an empty baggie it says lara's tattoos and it was you know hanging up on a bulletin board and he was like you're missed
1: and oh that's so so sweet you know (laughs) speaking of the tattoos uh that famous (laughs) barcode one i assume when you went in to shoot every day they took their time it wasn't one of those little sticky tattoos back in the day that you put under water, stick it on, and at the end of the day you wash it off. So how long did it actually take to for them to paint that barcode onto your neck?
0: It's really funny that you put it that way because it kind of was. It was. I mean, um, it, it, in a way, like obviously, like there was some prepping to do on the skin. Like we put down like a a very strong glue, and then it was it was. It was like a, you know, a pull off, like uh-huh. attach on. And then, you know, there's some makeup over it to make sure it's not too shiny and to make sure it, you know, blends into my skin really well. But um, it probably took about 15 minutes. Um, but then at the end of every day, like I could never leave with my neck tattoo on. One one time, I think it was like my first or second episode, I left and went back to the hotel with my neck tattoo on. And apparently that's a big no-no. Oh, um, oh. Yeah. Oh, right. And it's. And you can't, like, scrub it off in the shower either. Like, it won't come off. So it was something that makeup always had to take off for
1: me. Oh, wow. So they at the uh, beginning of the day, you'd come in, they put it in, and at the end of the day, you'd have to go back to makeup for them to take it back off.
0: Right. No going to the bar, no going out to get sushi and the neck tattoo.
1: Were you tempted, though, just to, I mean, because that was kind of badass, you know what I mean, to walk out one day oh, with yeah. it?
0: It was so fun. I I loved the
1: tattoo. (laughs) All right. Now, let's talk about the infamous scene that we never got to see, okay? The scene that, uh, you know, between you and Josh that ended up on the editing room floor. Of course, I'm talking about that casual sex scene between the two of you. I've got several questions on that scene. First question (laughs) was, what was your initial reaction when you read that script? Well...
0: It's like before I even got to read the script, um, it was the episode before that episode that I'm on set. And Michael Stratasimus, who's the best, he was directing. And he just kept like shooting me these knowing looks and like giggling and being like, Oh, wait till you see the next episode, you're gonna freak out. You're just gonna think it's hilarious. And I'm like, why don't and everybody's like laughing and reading the next episode before I was, being like, Oh my god, wait till you read it. I was like, What? What are we doing? And then I get an email from my agents asking me, like, Oh, hey, so we need to talk about like what you're willing to do for the show and I was like, What are we doing? Oh what god. what is Laura doing on the Walking Dead. Like, yeah. And with you, like, what is happening? Are we doing the, like, Austin Emilio, like, the whole, like, Laura and, uh, what's his face? What's Austin's character name?
1: Dwight. Dwight.
0: Dwight. Or, like, I was like, are the, like, Laura and Dwight thing, <laughs> Like, who? And then I get the script and I read that it's, um, that it's Josh, that it's Eugene. And I was like, oh, this is so rich. So, I thought it was hilarious.
1: Uh,
0: and, um ended up being really funny as well.
1: Did you approach Josh or did he approach you when you both of you read it and had a good laugh over it? Did you talk about it before Phil? I mean, what was <laughs> your guys' reaction to each other?
0: I feel like, you know, if you know Josh, Josh was just like so serious about the whole thing. And obviously I'm trying to come in, you know, and be all professional and so we never we never really had that moment of like what the hell? What is happening? Um, because I I feel like I was just trying to like hold it together, and he's just so, you know, Josh, and he's such a pro, and he's so professional about everything. So we never had that moment, but I like Elizabeth Ludlow, who played a out on the show. Uh-huh. She's like one of my best friends.
1: Yeah, we've had her, I, we've had I, her on. Yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah. Uh, several oh. weeks ago.
0: Oh, that's awesome um yeah she and i just like couldn't stop laughing about it we thought it was the funniest thing we'd ever heard i was so bummed that the fans didn't get to see it oh
1: well let's get to that next the scene was filmed okay it wasn't just an idea that got scrapped you guys did uh film it now we're never gonna get to see it at least you know the fans are not did you two have fun shooting that together
0: i think i was like too nervous to have fun with it (laughs) um Obviously if I could go back and redo it, I think I'd have a lot more fun. But that was like one of my first experiences ever filming a scene like that. Uh-huh. So I was like hyper conscious about, you know, yeah. the whole ordeal. Now it I, was very nervous.
1: Now after you found out that it was getting cut, were you like, oof, relieved or were you disappointed that it wasn't gonna get to get aired?
0: I um I was disappointed because the whole thing was I don't know, kind of funny and kind of cheeky. And, you know, the show is so serious that I was like, this is kind of a like cool little lighthearted moment. I love the development in Eugene's story, Uh you know, that he gets laid. And um, so I I was disappointed that we didn't get to see it.
1: Now, what reason did they give you why they decided in the end not to go with it?
0: You never, you never really hear about these things. Oh. You never know why something gets cut for time. I, I, I wondered if it might've been distracting from the plot. There was a lot going on in that episode mm-hmm. and it just like ugh, some, you know, sometimes just like something's got to go. So I, I guess I don't know. And I don't know, I don't know that I'll ever really know why it was cut, but I hope it makes it into like the deleted scenes on a DVD or something.
1: I know me too. Now, uh, so we are aware of the timeline where this happens. Is it when the sanctuary is surrounded by the walkers that Rick brought in? Is that when that so. takes yeah. place?
0: And Negan's missing, I think. I think he's, isn't he in the trailer with... with
1: Gabriel, uh, with uh, Seth.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's when it happened. And because that was the whole premise is that Laura thinks we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. So it's like... Last man know, on earth. Yeah, last man on earth and and obviously, you know, Eugene is happy to comply.
1: And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that, that's classic. Now, in a particular scene where we see uh, Laura sort of being a sadist, one of the few scenes where we really see that meanness in your eyes was in that opening clip that I just played where you grab Eugene's face when he's trying to look away when Negan's about to punish the doctor. Uh, was there any part of Laura that enjoyed watching Negan being Negan and his sadistic ways? Or was it just just something that Laura had become accustomed to and she was indoctrinated into it and no big deal anymore?
0: Yeah, I think that um, the way that I saw it through Laura's eyes was that you know, I, I've had to do what I've had to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And if, if you know what's good for you, like you won't turn a blind eye to this. Like this is this could happen to you if you don't get in line. And I think Laura is someone who got in line and so that was her way of like forcing Eugene's nose into it um, and making him like, you know, really face the reality of the situation that they were in. Um, the the her whole redemption story makes me think that she couldn't have been a true saint. that she yeah. was just somebody doing the hard things, you know, to survive and is living under a dictator essentially. Um, and so it's like sometimes, you know, war crimes under horrible leadership. That's, that's kind of the way that I saw Laura.
1: Okay. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. Uh, we actually have a video question that was sent in by our executive producer. So let me just go ahead and play that for you and then I'll let you answer. Here we go. Hey Lindsley, it's Marco. I just want to welcome you to Dead Talk Live and thank you so much for being our guest. Look, I haven't got all dressed up for you. Um, I have a question for you like I normally have all my guests. There was a pivotal moment in the finale of season eight when you dropped down to your knees and you dropped your weapon and you surrendered to Rick and the group. Was that sort of like a moment of, oh my God, I need to make sure that my people live? Or is it kind of moment where I'm just tired of Negan's bullshit and I just kind of wanted to just start
0: all over again and see where this will take us, anyway, enjoy the hour. um thank you again for being our guest and stay walking.
1: All right, so there you go. Were you able to hear all that
0: yeah that's a, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I think for me, it kind of goes back to like Laura's a soldier and she does what needs to be done period mm-hmm. and so she's very she's very rational and she's very um logical, and so the way I saw that moment was there's been enough bloodshed, and it wouldn't be wise for us to push on right now. And um, and that kind of also, you see that playing out when she starts in, you know, getting involved in the Alexandrian community, and, yeah. and we start to see yeah. her even thrive under new leadership mm-hmm. and become part of the council, and all that great stuff. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. and
0: Oh, that was such a, such a
1: do. <laughs> she does a complete 180, and like I said, Laura, Uh, I mean, even as a savior, I think you were a fan favorite. But after you joined Alexandria, that just took off. Now, Laura was the first one to suspect something was off with Dwight, uh, played by Austin Emilio. When the saviors had Alexandria surrounded, very soon uh, after your suspicions were confirmed about Dwight, he turns his guns on uh, your group and you barely escape with your life. Now, did you and Austin have a lengthy discussion on how you two were going to approach that pivotal scene? How, we, how you two were going to play it out? Or did you just let the writing you know, do the work and you guys just let, threw caution to the wind and see what came out of it?
0: You know Austin is a super collaborative acting partner. So he he was awesome to work with. He gives a lot. He he offers like, what, like we, we did do a lot of talking about like, what do you need for this scene? And, and what are you seeing for this? Um, I really appreciated doing those scenes with him. He was really easy to play off of. Um, so we did we did really value our rehearsal time, I'd say. Um, that's like precious time when you're filming television to have any time to rehearse at all is super valuable because you normally get so little of it. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wish I could have done more scenes with him to be honest
1: you two were great and that scene was I mean it was amazing you both of you played it off so well Uh, and like I said Laura was the first one that night to really suspect what was going on with him and you barely escaped with your life now during your time well let's just stay on the topic for Dwight Uh, you know uh, that was like uh, I believe like was that your only scene uh, on the Walking Dead that you had with Austin, I think it was.
0: Um, was it? Uh, I feel like it's funny because like I saw him so much that it feels yeah. like we did more together. I mean, maybe that, was, that
1: all- was the most. That was the major one. That was the one where you guys the most pivotal one. Uh, now moving on to something else, Laura was very flirtatious uh, with various other characters, especially the Alexandrians. Uh, Spencer, a good example played by Austin Nichols. Uh, did you like that aspect of Laura? Not the flirtiness but much, but the fact that she is willing to use whatever weapon is at her disposal, very smart and cunning, and is willing to use whatever is in her arsenal.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I I love the way you just put that. It's You just said it perfectly. Um, one thing that Sean... Um, Uh, one thing that Scott Gimple told me when I first came onto the show and I don't, I don't really feel like we got to see this fully play out. But Mm -hmm. one thing that Scott told me was that his vision for Laura was somebody that has a lot of fun with what she's doing. So I was, I kind of had this idea of like, maybe she's even like a Harley Quinn, like maybe like, because there was a lot of playfulness in the violent scene that I did um, audition with. So, um, so especially when I first came on the scene, some of those like flirtatious, playful, but like don't mess with me—I'm still dangerous. Yeah. I I thought that was a really fun element of her personality. I think we kind of saw her going into a different direction. Like we saw her become very serious and very um, ordered. But I, I so I it makes me love those initial scenes even more when she's you know
1: flirty and playful. Flirty and playful, absolutely. Now one of the things that we've discussed on this show was rick's mistake at putting daryl in charge of the sanctuary after all-out war uh i have had a big discussion with our viewers and we all sort of came up with the consensus that the better choice to have put in charge of the sanctuary would be you Uh, um instead of daryl they it was bad idea for daryl he was locked up he was prisoner there While Laura was, uh, you know, you were a savior, somebody that the, you know, the leftover saviors that are trying to integrate can sort of respect as opposed to Daryl. Have you ever thought of that? And if you did, how do you feel about them doing it differently? And instead of Daryl being in charge of the sanctuary, they put that on you and put that on Laura's character.
0: Yeah, I think that would have actually made a lot of sense. Um for that leadership to come from within the savior community, especially from someone that, you know, was so compliant when, you know, things started to go awry. I mean, even a rot was making a turnaround. Um, uh, Matt's character DJ, like sort of was on the fence. Uh, but I mean, Laura was the one that was like, we're done, we're yeah. ready to be over this. So, so that would make a lot of sense to me and it's like, yeah, Daryl was, Daryl was t- Tortured there physically and mentally. Like I don't know that he would have been the best candidate for leadership yeah, to be over there.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, too much baggage. Too much baggage. Exactly. We've had this. You know, lots of discussions on here. And by no way is Rick perfect. He's made his share of some really. The character Rick has made his share of some really bad decisions on the show. Now you had a lot more on screen activity as a savior rather than a as an alexandrian uh, you can argue that they toned down laura's character once she became the good guy uh especially Mm -hmm. after the time jump did that disappoint you
0: i did i missed my um my (laughs) my bad girl episodes once we moved to Alexandria because it well, number one it's just always more fun to play the bad guy, mm-hmm. right? It just is more fun. Yeah. And two, you're you're absolutely right. We did see less of her, and she just was more of a muted character. I it's my personal view, like just speaking as a viewer here, that um, Laura was just a representation of something in some of the later seasons. Like she was just a representation of like where the group had been. Um, so I felt like she was more of uh, a symbol than she was even a fully flushed character in seasons like nine and ten. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: I mean, you uh, you can say you sort of became one of Michonne's most trusted advisors, or at least you know tr- right. trusted advisors on the council. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just that, like you said, you were very muted uh, when Michonne tell you to did you know Michonne trusted you with some very important tasks without any hesitation so what do you think happened in that six year time jump that really cemented laura's place especially with michonne
0: yeah it's kind of wild right because michonne definitely even seems like a character that it would be hard to win over her trust yeah um so it's really hard
1: you still there Oh, Lindsley, you're breaking up. Sorry, guys, we're having some technical. Let me... Oh, you there? Okay, we lost you there for a second. Are you back?
0: Okay, good. Okay, we got you back. back.
1: We got you back. Um, Okay, so you were saying about Michonne...
0: Yeah. um, Whenever we'd be in uh, in that church building filming the council scenes, Ross Marquand would regularly look over at me and be like, how did Laura get here? How are you still alive? And I would look at him and be like, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) We were both like very perplexed by it. But I, you know, just kind of like in a meta way, I'm thinking about this. Like, it, it might have been wise for them to have their perspective of this whole other group that sort of dominated the scene for so long. Lara could bring, you know, information and strategy and all of these things that the saviors had going for them for so long. And maybe that's how she rose to a position of yeah. leadership in their community.
1: Got gotcha. you. Uh, one of our team members is a huge uh, Deny fan in Michonne and she would kill me if I did not ask you, what was it like working with Denai?
0: Denai is a really powerful presence on set. She's just like a total, total queen, total, um, total pro. I, I, I loved watching her act. Um, especially when I wasn't on camera, getting to just like be off camera watching her do her thing. Um, really respect her, really look up to her. Um, she's she's everything on screen. She's
1: amazing. Uh, if you were to rewrite Laura's time in Alexandria seasons, nine and 10, what would you change?
0: With Laura's time in seasons nine and ten, yeah,
1: you know, uh, instead of her being a muted character, what if you were the writer? What would you write differently for Laura?
0: I think that sorry, my cat really wants to get in the interview. That's fine, bring um, her in. I think that I I do wish that the fans could have gotten to be able to see more of Laura's vulnerable sides. Um, I would have liked for people to see her humanity, especially given everything that she was a part of Coming into the show. She was such a badass and she was a part of all she was a soldier. She was Killing people and you know following these insane orders I, I do kind of wish we had gotten to see some of her softer sides because they were definitely there
1: Definitely, I totally agree with you now uh you mentioned michael cetrezimus earlier you got to work with a lot of different directors of the walking dead uh two of the biggest ones nicotero cetrezimus those are probably the two of the biggest directors of the show but you also got to work an episode with michael Cudlitz behind the camera so describe the experience of michael Cudlitz. uh we know him very well as abraham in front of the camera what was it like him directing an episode?
0: He, everybody was always super excited when Michael was going to direct an episode. Um, it's almost unheard of for us to be ahead of schedule when you, whenever you're doing television. Uh-huh. And Michael was just so incredible. He was such a talented director and so organized and so um, had just thought of everything that, I mean, some of the only times in my career that I've ever been... Um, ahead of schedule on a set is when Michael was directing so we we all were always excited to see that he was going to come back and work as in in the capacity of directing
1: is that because he was just a real stickler or because he was just so organized and so smooth that everything just fell in line the way he did things
0: I think there's a few reasons. Um, one, having been on the show for so long, I think he knew the inner and like the inner workings of the show really, really well. Uh-huh. Maybe you know what the show needed. He had been following it for so long. Because I mean, in television, so often d- directors are coming in, you know, only to d- just pop in and do one episode or two. Um, on Walking Dead, we had the luxury of having the same directors come back and do multiple episodes, yeah. or you know, my, somebody like Purple who had been on the show for a while and knows the show really well. Yeah. Um, So I think he was armed with that, and I also just think he's a really talented director. I think he was really thoughtful, had a lot of foresight into exactly how he wanted the episode to look, and he brought great leadership.
1: Did you know that he's directed like three episodes of the new show coming out, World Beyond?
0: I I heard that he might have been doing that, so that I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think I think we'll definitely have some amazing episodes because of him. Yeah,
1: he was amazing. Now let's talk. Talk us through your last scene on The Walking Dead. Sadly, when you were up against Ryan Hurst, Beta. Uh, what was it like filming that scene with Ryan, who is six foot four? Did you guys uh, both have stunt doubles for that brutal fight scene? Right. We
0: both did have stunt doubles for individual parts of it. Um like how it normally goes is that we'll do some of it and then the stunt doubles will do other parts of it and then they'll just like intercut between um the two of us. So, um Ryan okay. I haven't got I love it when I get to say something for the first time that I've been wanting to share in an interview oh, and like I it. haven't had the opportunity to. Um I've watched the movie Remember the Titans, like maybe more than 30 times in my life. Like, like I used to have the DVD and I would pop it in and I'd watch it as I was falling asleep, like as a kid. Uh So I was like super excited that Ryan was the one to take me out of the show. It felt very like comforting to me. Um, And then I meet Ryan and he's this like gentle giant. He's huge. Mm -hmm. And he's very like, he's very quiet and very stoic. And, um, and I was a little intimidated, you know, and he's got this long, greasy hair and the mask and all of it. It's like, it's really intense. But, um, you know, we show up to do the scene and really I don't think it was even going to be much of a moment. Uh, I think what was written was that he grabs my halberd, snaps it in half and then um, yanks me around to bash my head against the jail cell bars. And Ryan was the one who was like, Hey, like, I think we need to have more of a tussle. You know, she's been here for four years and she like needs to fight back. Like, and, and I'm just sitting there like, sounds good to me. And the <laughs> producer writers are like, yeah, no, we'll like, it. and Ryan was the one who introduced new choreography and made it, you know, even more of a back and forth.
1: That's so nice of him. Uh Because you're right. After four years linds i mean sorry i was going to say uh laura deserved to go out and you did you went out as a hero not necessarily sacrificing yourself for gamma slash mary but you went out protecting alexandria okay yeah uh were you satisfied when it's all said and done with the way that uh you did fight back you did confront him you were not a coward uh, or do you feel that Laura deserves something more than what they gave you on the screen as far as your death?
0: I think that I'm walking away from the whole situation feeling really grateful. Um, Obviously, it was super hard to leave the show because it's been such an important moment in my career. But, like, oh, my gosh. I Just, like, even getting to be a part of, like, The Walking Dead family just feels like such a huge gift to me. And, like having like Laura getting to be I as I see it she got to be redeemed in her death you know she committed so many heinous acts that getting to die protecting Alexandria felt like it kind of felt like a hero's death to me oh good absolutely so I so I'm walking away from my four years on the show feeling really really pleased with how things went out and you know obviously now we only have one more season of the show left I feel like I feel like I got everything I wanted and more mm-hmm. out
1: of my time oh. Absolutely. That would be Oh yeah. Uh, without a question. Now, let's take a viewer question. This comes from Grace on Twitter. Grace says, "Hi, Lindsley. I hope you're doing well. What would uh what would have been your dream plot line for Laura? Like if you could if you could have been given uh her story for sorry, if you could have been given her any story arc and anything like that what would it be and uh grace also goes on to say cannot wait to see your future projects so what kind of story arc would you have done for laura if you were the one writing it up
0: thanks grace um i think i think i really would have liked to see the unrequited love story between laura and dwight um, I think it's really interesting like that this woman who's so strong and so powerful like getting to kind of see like the vulnerable side of her would have been really powerful as well yeah. um, so I you know and, and he's like still so committed to his wife and even though you know they're not together anymore like I think that would have been a really beautiful um, subplot to explore so I, I kind of wish that it happened so <laughs> <laughs> Like maybe seeing some love story with her, maybe like her and Eugene end up in this really weird, convoluted like.
1: Oh my (laughs) God, I just couldn't see that. Oh my God, sorry, I don't know. I just couldn't see that. Let's see how it works out with Eugene and this new character that we're about to meet. (laughs) Now, how emotional was it for you shooting that final scene on the show?
0: Oh my gosh, it was. Well, if you don't. Well, maybe you guys don't know, like I I cry a lot. Like I'm a big crier. So the whole day, like, you know, every time I'm like going to the crafty, I'm like, Oh, this is my last time at Crafty. Every time I'm coming to base camp, I'm like, Oh, this is my last time at Base Camp. Like, I was super emotional about it all day. And I was really happy that my final day ended up being the day that I filmed my death. Like sometimes it sometimes it happens where like you film some your death first and then you have to come back and do something else. And so Being that on my final day I filmed my death, it felt like I got, like, good closure for watching the show, and... um... You know, they sent me off with this big, like, round of applause and, like, thanked me for my time on the show and, you know, gathered everyone together to wrap me out properly. And and I, and I they gave me some, like, moment to have a speech and I just couldn't say anything. I was just crying and I was just like, thanks so much. And then, you know, everybody started laughing. It was this really sweet moment. It really feels like I'm, like, leaving summer camp when yeah. I leave show, the show, you know.
1: Would you say your time there, you've made lifelong friends?
0: Oh, absolutely! And the best part about it is that, like, you get to see people again at the cons and meet people from the show that were there before you, but you still feel so connected to them, you know, because you're part of this big thing. So, um, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth is my ride or die. She, she and I are, you know, um, she's like one of the best friends.
1: She's I, awesome. She's awesome. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I feel honored that I got a to get to talk to her for a whole hour. I mean, it was great. She was great. I mean, that, that, that's amazing. Now, were you at all awestruck or nervous working with uh, any certain members of the cast or that, you know, we all know very well, or did they go really out of their way to make you feel like family very soon after you got on the set? It's, it's
0: definitely some of both. Um, like, especially my first episode and my first season, I was so, I mean, I was like, gosh, like nearly incapacitated. I was so nervous just to be there. Like, you know, I felt like so lucky to be there and super starstruck, especially around Andrew Lincoln. Like, oh my goodness. But At the same time, like Andrew Lincoln is the kind of guy I'm I'm sure you've heard this before. He's the kind of guy who goes up to all the new people and introduces himself, and is um, very warm, very generous. And so he really set the bar for how we treated each other as a family on the show. Um, You know, being our number one. And so it was like it was like both. He's incredible and welcoming and warm. And I'm also entirely starstruck. You know.
1: (laughs) so many of them that's that's great now you uh you're in a rare position because uh you're the you know one of the characters that was there with andy you went through the time jump that happened on the show and were there for a while after andy you just said that and we heard just like you said from a lot of other uh art- actors on the show he was the welcome wagon for new people uh and i've asked this to other guests before did anyone else after Andy left the show step up uh, to that role? Or was it more of a shared effort by the remaining cast members to welcome new cast members on?
0: You know, it, it def- there was definitely um, like a hole when he left. I don't know that anybody else like really, really filled that. I think we all missed his leadership on set um, because he he was such a motivating, encouraging And, and, and a real leader on the set, you know, he'd been there since day one. And so many of us hadn't been there since day one, behind and in front of the camera. So it was, it was a real loss when he left. And, um, I think a few of us, uh, even just shared among ourselves, like we personally would like to take that responsibility of, you know, keeping that bar set where, where he left it, you know, of welcoming people in of being like very giving to one another of like running this, um, running this to the best of our ability, you know, but, but he, it was different after he was gone yeah. for sure.
1: He was missed.
0: He was missed.
1: Okay. Uh, I love asking this next question. Okay. Especially since the walking dead announced that they're going to start this episodic anthology series. You get a call. They want to do a whole episode about uh, Laura's character. Okay. Now, how do you see Laura uh, and her backstory up until we meet her? Basically, up until she gets to meet Negan. What was Laura doing pre and during the apocalypse till the audience got to see her?
0: Um, you know, I do something as an actor called free associative writing, um, where I basically like, I love to journal as my character. Mm -hmm. I love to come up with very specific memories to pull from and backstory and all of that. Um, it just helps me feel like I'm playing a more real character. Like I have more to pull from. So I, in my writings, you know, I wrote about Laura being, um, being a bar manager, um, kind of like dealing, like serving beers to truckers and yeah. just, you know, not taking shit from any, anyone. And, you know, just trying to get by and survive as a woman in the world. Um, and then during the when the apocalypse happened, I did a lot of writing about how you know she was leading her own group of people for a while and they started getting picked off one by one. you know she wasn 't really able to hold it together and so she was in a very weak and vulnerable place when she uh, was found by Negan and the saviors, and she was given a role of leadership if she was willing to do difficult things, and she was so weak and so vulnerable that she ended up falling under the um, leadership of this dictator. So all of this is obviously just like my speculation. Oh, it's great. It totally
1: fits.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it it helped me see her as a real three-dimensional person. And and I try to do that for all of my characters.
1: So let's say Laura is still on her own and she comes across similar communities like Alexandria and uh, the Saviors at the same time. Mm-hmm. Laura's backstory, the kind of person she is, who does she choose to go with initially? Negan? Where does she think she would be the safest? With Rick or Negan?
0: I think that she would be the safest with Rick, but I have this gut feeling that she would go with whoever the most powerful leader is, and she might end up going with the Saviors and then regretting it. Ah. Um, like, I have this feeling that that's where she would go because I think Lara is someone who she understands brute force. She understands um, power, even if that's, like, a toxic, yeah, uh, even kind of, like, unethical power. I think that Lara's point of maturity was learning how to operate in an Alexandria, in a democracy, um, under proper
1: leadership. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, you had mentioned in an interview that you weren't accustomed to handling guns and your character, Laura, as we know, is very good with the gun. Did the production team provide you and others with any kind of formal training on how to hold a gun properly or were you just thrown into the deep end of the pool and say, let's just see what you got?
0: Um, I would love to say that I was formally (laughs) trained. But I was not. I remember freaking out. It was my first episode. There was this whole scene. I mean, we always we're always filming scenes that get cut. Always. Yeah. And so my first yeah. scene on the show was actually completely cut. It was like me, Dwight, and Arat. We were chasing this guy that had run away from the savior compound. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, anyways, and so at one point, like, I jump off my motorcycle, and I'm chasing him with this gun in my hand, and and they're about to roll the camera, and I'm like, wait, 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 like, is this, like, uh, am I going to, like, rip it out like this, am I going to, like, hold it like this, like, does that look real, like, I really don't want this to look like, I don't know what I'm doing, and they were like, it's it's a wide shot, it's a wide shot, don't worry about it, like, we're barely going to see it, but, like, it was just really important to me to, like.
1: Get it yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I'm surprised that they didn't bring anybody on board to say, hey, you know.
0: I, that is kind of the business. Television just moves so fast. It moves so fast that you're that you're expected as an actor. Like if you're coming in, um, you need to know you need to do like your own work to figure out like how how to make this real and and you better show up with what you got so it's like we did the take and then i like went over to the arms department and i was just like somebody like please walk me through this please make sure i don't look like an idiot (laughs) running this gun and um and they were very you know very kind to help me get
1: there so let's say the (laughs) next role you get where you have to handle a gun are you a lot more confident now
0: Definitely. I mean, since since that episode, like, I went to a firing range with some friends. Um, like, my dad and I ended up shooting some of his guns off of into our woods, you know, in, in a very safe way. Under- yeah. Yeah all the safety measures. Um, So I feel far more comfortable now. And I definitely would brush up again before I do another scene (laughs) with a gun. Uh,
1: Do you believe that there was still to tell more in Laura's arc? Or do you believe her arc had come to a end on the show and there was not really more that was left to show in Laura's character?
0: I definitely think there was more um, that still could have been explored. I was really starting to enjoy her dynamic with Rosita. Yeah. Um, I think we're starting to see kind of a power duo there of these two women that initially were kind of bumping heads a little bit of, you know, like I don't take any shit and you don't take any shit and we're both powerful. So like maybe we kind of had some like alpha female, like antagonistic vibes. But then it's it's almost like we, we found this way to coexist. And there was, speaking of another deleted scene, uh, I'm just, like, giving away all the deleted scenes, oh, huh? Oh, we love it. Um, there was, like, a moment when um, a zombie breaks into Alexandria, and either, I think either, I wish I could remember it right, either I saved Rosita's life or she saved mine from a zombie. So it was this really cool moment, um, and we'll never get to see that either.
1: Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that that sounds yeah. awesome. Now, we- for
0: me Shoot, I just love the zombie scenes. Like I wanted another zombie scene.
1: You know, now that you mention it, thinking back, we really don't see Laura interacting with that many walkers.
0: I and that and we don't, and that's why it was such a big deal, this one episode where we've got Gabriel and he runs into the woods and I run and I stab a zombie in the head and Greg was directing the episode and I was like, Greg, this is like my first
1: walker real kill,
0: zombie kill. And he was like, what? He was like, this is your second or third season on the show? This is your first walker kill? I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, you got to get together with the zombie. And he, he like took this picture of me and a zombie, which I'm sure is floating around on the internet somewhere. <laughs> and it's like one of my favorite photos from the show because I was like, oh, that was my walker kill. It was so fun.
1: Oh, man. We have a question from uh, Facebook user Lisa. It says, would it be safe to assume that Laura and maybe Ros- Rosita are similar in characters. Like, would they have the common traits, but in reverse?
0: Definitely. I definitely see a lot of them in each other, which is why I think they didn't get along at first. And then, like, kind of fell into this cool, um, you know, but, um, but, yeah, I think they had a lot in common.
1: Okay, gotcha. Now... Today, would you say that uh, Laura has been your toughest role? Hmm.
0: In some ways, yeah. Um, I haven't gotten to do this many episodes of a character before. So there's like a lot more to explore in her arc. There's a lot more to explore in gosh, how she reacts to the world around her. So in some ways, yeah. And like and just television and what that requires it it was super um, it was a super demanding job, just in general, like oftentimes you know we 're filming through the night we 're covered in sticky blood and you know memorizing things super quickly, um, jumping into scenes so so in in many ways i 'd say, yeah,
1: okay, gotcha uh, we 're almost getting close to time, but I, I do want to talk about some other stuff. You are the lead star as well as the producer of a movie that came out this past May on Amazon Prime called Scorn. Tell us a little bit about Scorn and what's it about?
0: Yeah, Scorn is a a thriller that I produce and star in. Um, It takes place all in one night in a Hollywood home between... These two actors, one of them, their career is kind of taking off, the other one isn't. And it's kind of causing some dissension in their relationship. And it ends up becoming this drug-fueled night where secrets start to come out and they start to explore their complicated relationships with one another. Um, We should be bringing it to international distribution soon. So if you guys are following my pages, uh, you can keep up to date on that. But otherwise, you can watch it right now on Amazon uh prime and we're, we're super proud of it
1: that's awesome that's I mean congratulations uh moving on to another project of yours would you say that house of cards was your big break in acting
0: yeah yeah I guess it was that was my first time being on a television set I there was so much I didn't know that was my first yeah that really was my first big thing and um wow I just I can't I look back and I feel so lucky that that was my first like real set experience you know that's like great.
1: that's a great way what to, a yeah that is a great first experience to have what would you say is your biggest disappointment for a role that you auditioned for but did not get
0: Ooh. That's a really good question because obviously there's been a lot of them, right? Uh Like there's like, that's just like a regular thing with actors is like, you're always auditioning for these roles. I mean, constantly, and you're constantly seeing projects come out. And then sometimes you're like, Oh, I really nailed that. And then you don't get it. It's, it's a tough gig. I think that like there was a movie, um, there's a movie that I got called back for, um, that has been postponed due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So Looking like I'm still kind of holding out hope for it, but at the moment that one, so I can't say much about it because it still hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, and I try not to talk about roles that I have auditioned for that I didn't get because <sighs> it's like, you know, what will be, what will be, exactly. what exactly. will be, you know, what wasn't was it never was. Oh, that was like the worst way I could have said that. No, nope. um, totally
1: get you though. Totally understand. Um, because we, I always ask people. Well, how did you get the role? I always wanted to ask the reverse. Is there any disappointment in how many roles you did not get? But that's perfect, the Definitely. answer you gave us.
0: Plenty of
1: that. <laughs> uh, you were studying to be an English teacher in college when all of a sudden you shifted gears into acting. What, I mean, that's a quite a dramatic shift. What happened?
0: I you know, I really just kind of fell into it. Um, I speak Spanish fluently. I thought I was going to go teach English as a second language to people. Um, and I ended up doing plays and musical theater in college. And I, I basically had this amazing acting teacher, this mentor figure come into my life and was like, you know, there's ways to make money acting without being a celebrity. And I was like, really? Like, I, I didn't even think that that was an option for me. So, um, having that mentor figure and having that support system and you know having a lot of momentum when I started like it, it, it was almost like this deterministic thing happened to me like came over me where I was like oh I I'm an actor this is what I'll do now like it's an, I don't even feel like I really chose it it feels like something that kind of happened to me
1: uh, any regrets
0: not one okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like I was just born to feel things. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I I, I'm gonna li- I like your answer because it's great seeing you on the screen. Now, we're almost out of time. I have one more question for you. Uh, this is going back to The Walking Dead. Were you intimidated at all joining a cast that was established and had such a huge fan base already?
0: In. Insanely intimidated. I'll never be able to. I don't even think I'll ever be able to really express to you guys how nerve-wracking it was coming into this. It's this like ginormous show with tons of fans, an amazing star-studded cast. They've been, you know, Emmy nominated, Emmy winning? Question mark. I'm not sure. Well,
1: not the not actor or best show, but like for makeup and stuff. Yeah.
0: But for other things, yeah. And so coming into that, and you're like oh God, I hope I don't screw this up. You know, it was, it was, it was really hard, but uh, um, it it quickly became an amazing, um, loving and supportive environment. And once I started meeting people, I felt so supported on my time on the show. So it quickly became less scary, but coming into it was a trip.
1: After how, you were there for four seasons, at what point how long did it take you to start feeling okay you know i, I belong here i'm good i'm i've developed a routine how long did i
0: think that, like i would say coming into my third season wow i w- i was like I know everyone here, like I have a place here, you know, it felt like coming back to summer camp every month, uh, every summer when it's like, you know, you're so excited to see everyone and oh, we're so-and-so and oh, they moved on to another show, oh, good for them and you know, oh, so, what, somebody's getting killed this episode, we've got to take them out for the drinks and all made me feel like I was really part of the family, you know, and then like going to my first con, like, wow, what an experience that was
1: too, you know. A lot of our uh uh guests are asking they want to know the name of your cat.
0: This is Beowulf. He is like insistent on being a part of this interview. Beowulf? Beowulf,
1: yeah. Oh, he looks just like my cat, except my cat. I call him Damien because he's a spawn of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Lidsley, thank you so much. We are out of time. This has been a fascinating chat. Thank you so much for agreeing to spend this hour with us uh guys thank you so much for watching uh it's been a great interview with uh laura aka barcode lindsley register again Lindsay, thank you so much uh yeah. it's been amazing i'll be back on the air again guys tomorrow night thank you so much Lindsay. you were just fantastic uh any final thoughts you want to say
0: Follow me on Instagram at Lindley Register. Follow me on Twitter at Lindley Reggie. And I'm going to update you guys with new projects as I have them. But stay safe, please.
1: That's right. Stay safe, guys. And always stay walking. Good night. Bye-bye.